Now, what was I saying? Concerned. Everything's fine. And if there are any problems, it definitely has to do with everyone else. No, it's everyone else. No one here is, is doing anything at all wrong at all. Everything is fine. Oh, bloody hell, I would. I apologize again. This has to be addressed. He is, oh. You ever have that one family member that you don't like to own? <clears throat> I got him his job. This is kind of on me. <sighs> Let me dictate this one last letter if we have the time. What are we? <sighs> My dear Wormwood, it seems to me that you take a great deal many pages to tell a very simple story. The long and the short of it is that you have let the man slip through your fingers. The situation is very grave, and I really see no reason why I should try to shield you from the consequences of inefficiency. A repentance and renewal of what the other side calls forgiveness on the scale which you describe is a defeat in the first order. It amounts to a second conversion, probably on a deeper level than his first. As you ought to know, the asphyxiating cloud which prevented your attacking the patient on his walk back from the old mill is a well-known phenomenon. It is the enemy's most barbarous weapon and generally appears when she is directly present to the patient under certain modes not fully classified. Some humans are permanently surrounded by it and are therefore inaccessible to us. And now for your blunders. On your own showing, you first of all allowed the patient to read a book he really enjoyed because he really enjoyed it and not in order to make clever remarks about it online. In the second place, you allowed him to walk down to the old mill and have tea there, a walk through a country he really likes and taken alone. In other words, you allowed him two real positive pleasures. Were you so ignorant as not to see the danger of this? The characteristics of pains and pleasures is that they are unmistakably real, and therefore, as far as they go, give the man who feels them a touchstone of reality. Thus, you have been trying, <clears throat> had you been trying to damn your man by the romantic method, by making him some type of men's rights activist submerged in self-pity and imagined duress, you would try to protect him at all costs against any real pain, because, of course, five minutes of genuine toothache would reveal the romantic sorrows for the nonsense that they are. <clears throat> but you are trying to damn your patient by the world, that is, by a... Uh, Palming off vanity, bustle, irony, and expensive, expensive tedium as pleasures. How can you have failed to see that a real pleasure was the last thing you ought to have let him meet? Didn't you foresee that it would just kill by contrast all the frippery which you have been so laboriously teaching him to value? That sort of pleasure which the book and the walk gave him was the most dangerous of all? that it would peel off from his sensibility the kind of crust you've been forming on it and make him feel that he was coming home and recovering himself. As a preliminary to detaching him from the enemy, you want to detach him from himself and had made some progress in doing so. Now all that is undone. Of course, I know the enemy wants to detach people from themselves, but in a different way. Remember always that she actually likes the little vermin, 
and sets an absurd value on the distinctness of every one of them. When she talks of their losing their selves, she only means abandoning a clamor of self-will. Once they've done that, she really gives them back all their personality and boasts, I'm afraid sincerely, that when they are wholly hers, they become more themselves than ever. Hence, while she is delighted to see them sacrifice even their innocent will to her, she hates to see them drifting away from their own nature for any reason. <clears throat> and we should always encourage them to do that. The deepest likings and impulses of any person are the raw material, the starting point from which the enemy has furnished them to get them away from those is therefore always a point gain. Even in things indifferent, it is always desirable to substitute the standards of the world, or convention, or fashion, for a human's own real likings and dislikings. I myself would carry this very far. I would make it a rule to eradicate from my patient a strong personal taste, which is not actually a sin, even if it is something quite trivial, such as a fondness for... I don't know, uh, croquet or collecting stamps or drinking cocoa. Such things, I grant you, have nothing of virtue in them, but there is a sort of innocence and a humility and self-forgetfulness about them that I distrust. The person who truly and disinterestedly enjoys any one thing in the world for its own sake and without caring two pence what other people say about it is by that very fact forearmed against some of our subtlest modes of attack. You should always try to make the patient abandon the people, foods, or books that he likes in favor of the best people, or the right foods, or the important books. I have known a human defended against strong temptations to social ambition by a girl's stronger taste for tripe and onions. It remains to consider if we can retrieve this disaster. The great thing is to prevent him doing anything. As long as he does not convert into action, it does not matter how much he thinks about this new perspective. Let the little brute wallow in it. Let him, if he has any bent that way, write a book about it. That's often an excellent way of sterilizing the seeds which the enemy plants in a human soul. Let him do anything but act. No amount of enlightenment in his imagination and affection will harm us if we can keep it out of his will. As of one of the humans has said, active habits are strengthened by repetition, but passive ones are weakened. The more often he feels without acting, the less he'll be ever, ever to act, and in the long run, the less he'll be able to feel. If you can convince him never to act, by and by he will again be armed. Your affectionate uncle, screw tape. Let me try and send this. I, I do apologize. I've really, we've run out of time. Uh, just disregard everything you've heard here today. Everything is fine. You are all doing fine. There's no reason at self-reflection at all. Go out and just keep doing what you're doing. Don't ever question anything. And go have some lunch, watch some TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's about, I hope you put on a fire. <laughs>